We built this city. SimCity. It's Amigos, episode 302. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm appalled. I and can't today, Aaron, opening. we're going to be talking about Sim City. Now, okay. Aaron, are you a city boy or a country boy? I'm. I'm a. Well, I've lived in both. Both, I think. It depends on what you would count as a city, but I think I'm both. Mm-hmm. But I prefer the country life boat. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know your your hatred of most metropolitan areas knows no bounds. Uh, let's let's take them off, shall we? Chicago, Washington D.C., New York City. Uh, are Philly. there have, what what else have I left? Philly, out? Cleveland, Philly, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. Yeah, the Renaissance oh, Fair left you cold. Winston, Dur- uh, Winston Salem. <laughs> I don't like that place either. So there, yeah, you that, that clicks off the majority of them, boat. Yeah, yeah. You know, I'm a city person in my mind, but as soon as I actually go to the city and I experience the city traffic, I become a country boy once again. Once yeah. again, yeah. The best disgusting. part about living here is when you go out. You go to the place. You don't sit in traffic for an hour and a half before you get to the place. It's funny when you want to go out to eat, <laughs> you walk right in. You sit down. You eat. You don't wait around for a couple hours. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> Except that's totally wrong. I just waited in traffic for a half hour to get here. So I told you. <laughs> a half an hour. A half an hour. Boy, you have been in the country for a long time. Well, listen. It's not Washington, D.C. I'm not going to lie to you. But uh, it's yeah, yeah. Oh, hey, listen. I lived in Lexington, which is a very small city, mm-hmm, and it, it had is. unbelievable traffic. You know, going anywhere in a city. Columbus is a great example of place that has a, a ton of traffic for a moderately sized. Well, yeah, city. Columbus is a lot bigger than Lexington. But people it, tell it has, me that, like, listen, yeah. you you work forty miles from your house. Yeah, I get there in forty minutes. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> not too bad. That's, that's just how it goes. Yeah, and that's <laughs> yeah. a good commute. That's not bad. All right, Aaron. We're going to dive right in to this week's Amiga News. Let's do it, man. Amiga News. Right off the bat, Aaron, we have a project update from our buddy Ravi, Ravi Abbott from the Retro Hour. He has been hard at work for the past couple of years building his own custom laptop using an Amiga 600 motherboard. Yes. Oh, I forgot about this. The wooden one. That's right. The wooden one. (laughs) This thing, he's made all kinds of custom adjustments and things. I mean, he's really doing everything he can to cram everything he needs into this little box. Well, there's a pretty major update that he's announced at the beginning of this video. He's actually going to jettison the wood case. And he's going all Lego, Aaron. All (laughs) Lego. A Lego Amiga 600 laptop. What do you think about that? Well, I will say that's a direction I didn't see it going. Yeah. You know, it's funny. In the time he's been working on this, right? Because I said here before me, uh, Boat, is a a beautiful, a beautiful uh, 3D printed case for my mister. And I love this thing. Our good buddy Dave uh, did this. And so, but Ravi has been working on this so for so long that I don't, I'd never heard of a 3D printed case when he started. So <laughs> when he put, I'm just, when he put this in a wooden case, it seemed perfectly viable. It's like, yeah, sure, a wooden yeah. case. So when you tell me he's switching up to Lego, that doesn't surprise me that much, but I have to say, I'm looking forward to see what that looks like. I've seen a few Lego cases over the years and I think it will probably, well, I mean, it'll probably be lighter than the wood, maybe. It may, it'll probably be more durable than the wood, maybe. It, it'll probably look pretty cool. So it'll I'm look, yeah, it'll definitely look cool. 
Uh, this this particular video though isn't about the Lego case. It's about his custom power solution, which if it, it's it's wacky, I'll tell you that, Aaron. He's got it like a custom battery with all oh, kinds of custom wiring so and things. Yeah, I'm looking at this. <laughs> You know, I love Ravi, but clearly he's out of his mind. That's that's this. I can't wait to see this thing finished. I'm dying to see it. I'm sort of sad. You know, the Brent made a wooden computer one time. I'm sure mm-hmm. you've heard about this thing. I had it for well, old Woody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he he made his own custom uh, uh, box for a, a, a PC motherboard, and he built a joystick that attached to the top of it. It was his portable arcade machine. Mm-hmm. And this thing, and that's why uh, Robbie's project it reminds me of the Brits of, of Brits Woody, for lack of a better term. <laughs> so, uh, uh, good luck, Ravi. I'm anxious to see where you take it from here, my friend. Uh, I'm sure that we'll, I'm sure we'll continue to see this project develop. Now, <laughs> this this next video, Aaron, our last bit of Amiga news this week. It's been a slow news week. Uh, comes to us from our buddy Chris Edwards Restoration. Now, you've had a chance to watch this, Aaron. Tell us about his experience installing Amiga OS 3.2. Well, this just popped today, and I, I wanted to mention it <laughs> because I'd actually had just a little bit of dialogue with him. You know, I like I like Chris's stuff. He reminds me of like a, a sort of like a, a so much better and more talented version of myself. Same kind of laid back, uh, dopey attitude. So he's got the skills. And so, he, simply, all he was going to do in this video was install the new went uh, the new Amiga OS uh, on his computer, and he was going to install the ROMs. All right, simple, right? Well. Uh, he uh, found out that they couldn't send him discs for it. They could always send him the CD-ROM. Uh, so the, I guess the place out he were out of Spain uh, isn't providing the discs, which is the, it's a ton of discs, by the way. Uh, and so, uh, so there was that. And then the, they he ordered two sets of ROMs, I believe, one for his uh, Amiga three thousand, one for his twelve hundred. Well, they didn't send the twelve hundred ones. They did send the three thousand ones, and when he put them into the three thousand, they didn't work. Oh, uh, and that's because. There's a, uh, and I'm going to read directly, uh, if I may, here from the uh, from his thing here. If I could get out here and scroll down here and find it, yeah, here it is. So he says that the the uh, Amiga 3000 low ROM was named incorrectly on the CD, and he said uh, most resellers were notified a month ago, but these things happen. So he mentioned that I might want to spread the news. So if you know what that means, there you go. There was a boo boo somewhere, right? Uh, and so. Uh, uh, he had all kinds of trouble uh, with this. Uh, now, once he took all the, he took the CD, he took the discs off the CD, put them on his GoTech. It was a bang bang operation, and everything looked fine. Uh, but uh, yeah, he had some trouble here. So, uh, does he have story, a touch screen? I saw him. Touch I think the he does have a touch screen. I saw that too. It's funny because later on in the video, he beats the tar out of this monitor right here. Just beats, <laughs> and which, <laughs> I haven't seen someone just pound. I don't think I've ever seen one pound on an LCD monitor. I, that's a new because you know back in the day you'd beat the crap out of your TV. Sure, you know, yeah. Happened, but not an LCD monitor. So <laughs> there you go. Oh, I will say that uh, Frank just chimed in from Retro Rewind. It says they burnt the ROM files instead of the bin files. Mm. So there you go. And also Frank does mention that Retro Rewind does test theirs before they ship them. So something to pay attention to if you buy these. Uh, I've you know. Some hey, when you order from far away, you get sometimes weird stuff happens. That's yeah. all you can say about that. You know but what they say: go. nothing good comes out of Spain. Oh, that's not true. They they make great swords, <laughs> for example. So there you go. <laughs> all right, Aaron. If you click back to the news page, I've actually added one more link on there. 
Uh, you might have to refresh. Got it. Um, and uh, this is, you know, this is the monster segue, Aaron. We're going to go right into it. If you were not happy with ordering from your preferred reseller of choice, perhaps check out Retro Rewind if you want to order Amigo S 3.2, especially if you are located here on the North American side of things. Uh, Retro Rewind is offering not only the Amiga OS 3.2 license, but also the ability to order up to three additional physical Kickstart ROMs that allow you to uh, that allow you to install Amiga OS on you know as many machines as you have. Because the license isn't just for one Amiga. If you've got a 600 and a CDTV and a 4000, the one fifty dollar license pays for all of that. All you need are the Kickstart ROMs, and of course, if you already upgraded your Kickstart ROMs for 3.1.4, those are are unnecessary and if you do want that floppy disk set frank's got the floppies and he stress tests the heck out of these he makes sure that they're ready you're not going to get bum floppies from retro rewind i'll tell you that right now so yeah. uh-huh yeah you know i was just i was asking how many uh i knew i thought this was a ton of floppies that it is it's from what i'm reading here 13 13 big floppy discs monkey island two ish yeah uh, monkey island two ish Frank also mentioned that he, that the packages they said I have started arriving to customers today. So Fantastic. they are already, despite what the uh, the web page says here about the pre order, they're they're shipping now. Yeah, yeah, and, and here's the deal. You can order one of these. It's 50 bucks for the license, but you can save 10% off your order. Just use the promo code Amigos Spring Fun at checkout, and uh, you can save 10% off that order. Get a little bit cheaper. So uh, check that out. Again, Retro Rewind, we thank them for being an Amigo sponsor. Frank's good people, and it's a good Correct place to window. show. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, that's going to conclude our Amiga News segment for the week. It's time to jump in to our game, oh, Sim man. City. You've been waiting on this one. How much you boast? I have. I've been waiting 302 episodes for this. Holy smokes. There you go. So we've got Sim City here. How we didn't get to this by now is because uh, I know what's a fan of uh, this game you are is beyond yeah. me. Uh, this came out, and I learned a lot uh, this week researching this, but that I didn't know. Uh, this was released on the Amiga in 89. In fact, this was one of the first couple uh, machines this got released on and uh, was on one just one disc. Now, there are multiple discs. I be- in fact, this, I, this is a sidebar. I think this was the last Amiga game I've ever bought locally, Bo. Oh, you'll recall, interesting. I bought this. At the little the little game store in Milton that went out of business, I was flipping okay. through their discs, and they had SimCity, uh, the one meg and the five twelve version. I bought both of them. I think I paid a dollar mm-hmm. for the discs. I didn't get the boxes for it. So this technically the last local game that I bought for the Amiga. So kind of neat. Uh, never played it by the way uh, with those discs. Uh, anyway, this was developed uh, by Maxis, sorta. It's a funny story when it comes to the development of this. Uh, we might as well get into it now, but then we'll move on down. So, and I'm sure you know this, but I'll just kind of touch on it briefly. Uh, Will Wright uh, developed a game. Uh, I believe it was for Broder Bun. It was called Raid on Bungling Bay. Mm-hmm. All right. This is a pretty famous story, but if you never heard it, it's kind of funny. So the whole purpose of Raid on Bungling Bay is, you're, is you fly around bombing uh, the Bungling Empire. You bomb their cities. And, of course, Will's this kind of guy who made it a little more complex than that. So there's a supply chain. There are industry. there, And so as you bomb stuff, if you target your bombing of these certain areas, you will cause them more trouble. You know, like boats bring in supplies, and you can bomb the boats and bring them in. And then, Can you bomb you know, the base? 
Yeah, you could buy. You got that right. Uh, and so uh, there's a little. Basically, if you put, go back and play this game now, uh, you you can kind of see the 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 seeds of Sim City being planted because mm-hmm. in a wacky way, when you look at the ground targets and stuff, it's it's sort of Sim City like boat. Right. Yeah, they had an NES version of Bungley Bait in their boats, I recall. Uh, boy, I don't know if they did. I know they had an Atari 8-bit version. Did you, did you play Bungley Bay at all? Back That's one of those Bungling? games that I, I really need to check out because you hear it talked about all the time. Yeah, I, well, I get it confused with Raid Over Moscow, which yeah, I think big, is, is incredibly complicated and terrifying. It, so yeah, this, this is a much more user-friendly yeah. game, I think. But it, it, it's funny that because Will noticed that he had more fun fiddling with the stuff that made the city than he did playing the game. Because the game is basically going bombing stuff. And so that's where he got the idea to to come up with a game where you build a city. Uh, and so and he off he went. So he started building this game here. Well, he built the game and over time it developed and he took this to broader bunny. He's like, look what I got. It's Sims. It's well, actually at the time he called it uh, Micropolis, I believe is what the name of hmm. it was. And, and broader bunny was like, eh, we're not seeing this one. Uh, Will you know, basically take off. Right. So he's like, all right. So anyway, lo and behold, uh, one of his buddies had just started a tiny little outfit called Maxis. And they know what Maxis had really only had one other game at this point. And this, uh, believe it or not, uh, SimCity was actually finished first, but released second. And so they released, they decided to release Maxis on, uh, uh, release the game on the Maxis title. Well, they they took the game to Broderbun and from what I read on a couple different websites, I, they were there to like iron something. I don't know what it was. They were, but they weren't necessarily there to show Broderbun the game. And someone at Broderbun started looking at this game, and they're like, "Wait a minute, this not only doesn't suck, this might be cool." <laughs> and so Broderbun worked out a deal with Maxis where they're going to distribute it. So they basically that was the birth of Maxis. Uh, but Broderbun had enough common sense to like to be like, "Yeah, we're going to stick around on this one." Mm-hmm. And so. Uh, that's how Sim City was developed. So effectively, coming out of another game entirely, which is that's a neat story. Yeah, uh, and it, and like I said, if you it's Rainbow Bugly Bay, it's a, which is it's a fun game in its own right. But if you ever get a chance to go back and play it, you can see the roots of this game. Uh, so, anyways, uh, lo and behold, here this game comes. Uh, the Amiga port that was well, I mean, they they did it a port. The earlier ports of this game were the Amiga, the, the black and white Mac, and the PC. The PC mm-hmm. came out a little bit later than the Amiga version. And if you look at the three of those games to compare them, uh, the, the Amiga was the King Dong of SimCity, the original version of SimCity. It looks... It's it's got more colors than the DOS version. Clearly, it's got more colors than the uh, monochrome. You know, it, it's uh, funny. Mac version. When I the first time I played SimCity, yeah, uh, it it came in a box that didn't look like this. This is a game right. that I also bought. Yeah. It came. It looked like an old like TV set or a jukebox, and it had yes. knobs on it. And you had. And here's the thing that I remember from this game: I don't remember there being color in my version of SimCity. Yeah, it's you may, possible did you that play I it on the Mac. No, I played it on the PC. Uh, it's possible that I never uh, turned it on. Like maybe it was yeah. an option to adjust it the graphic is. settings. It is an option. <laughs> and I played it my entire life on the PC until I played the Super Nintendo version thinking that this game was in black and white only. Well, and that's that's great. And I believe because the, it, the PC version supports CGA and, and, and so you can go in there with the monochrome. Now, you mentioned the box. And I will say for those listening, the box I've got up here is uh, uh basically that's a box uh, that what they did on this particular type of box this is the european release boat mm-hmm. that has 
they basically took like the harbor. What is it? It's not that Australian harbor with the opera house there. Mm-hmm. Uh, help me out here, boat. Yeah, uh, Sydney I, Opera House. Sydney, that's right. And then they just basically put some, they eighties that up real good, eighties style writing. <laughs> Lots of neon colors. Crap. I really, I don't, I don't like this box. I don't like the other one either. The 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 English. There's actually, gosh, well, this game got released about a million times. Mm-hmm. The one you're thinking about, yes, it had a, uh, it was like a jukebox style. There was some dials on it, and it, uh, the Amiga version, the original release, had like a Godzilla in the middle of it, stomping through this town. And okay. then SimCity was written in these like almost like a neon style graphics. Mm-hmm. It's funny we don't often talk about box art that much, but I was reading that the people that that made Godzilla. We're real happy with that. Uh, and so they made Max's change it. So if you've got any of the newer versions of that type of box art, it's got a whirlwind in the middle of it instead of a Godzilla. They, okay. they took the Godzilla out. But yeah, th- this is the wacky everywhere on earth except for america apparently got this is the this is the box they got i think i don't like really any of the boxes i think the box the next level up where it looks more like something you put on like a bookshelf the real stylized sim city and mm-hmm. sim and i was like those are those are i was a good choice to mm-hmm. go that route uh so anyway i mentioned it uh that uh, this was developed uh and and worked on by will, uh, will wright uh there's a actually a ton of people here i just knocked a couple off here uh, uh, it was coded by Brian Conrad, uh, Brian Witt. Uh, the graphics were done by Don Bayless, uh, Scott Martindale, uh, and the music was done by Stephen Hales. And we'll write this. I mean, to say the music was done, it's not like this game is the sound and the music Where's is the music practically the zero. Sorry. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> you got me on that. Uh, and of course, it uh, it multilingual the whole nine yards because you don't. Uh, this is another one of those games where like you could probably get away with changing the language pretty easy on it. So. Just to get it started here, I remember the first time I saw this game. Uh, of course, I had a, a liberated copy of it, and I put it in the computer. Uh, uh, I think I put this in the old uh, Amiga One Thousand and fired it up. I, pl- I looked at it. I fiddled with it for about fifteen minutes, and then that's the last time I played it for twenty years. I just, just <laughs> I was like, eh, it wasn't my bag, uh, and so I have. Now, before I had reintroduced myself to it before this week, but it had been, it was not, you know, all that. It was in the last five years where I've started fiddling with it again. But this is a game where you basically become a city uh, designer, a city planner, and then a city manager. Um, you take on all the roles uh, of uh, planning a city uh, from from nuts to bolts, right, in terms of finding where you want the city, how you want the city to lay out. Uh, Bo, you you said you played this thing pretty real early in the game. When you what struck you about it early on when you first found it? Did you know you wanted to play it before before you got it? Did you have your mom buy it? You know, you know what I, struck you? That is an, a great question. And most of the time, I remember exactly the circumstances of 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 games that I purchased, especially on the PC, because just like everybody, most of my games were pirated. You whether it was on the Atari or whether it was on the IBM or whatever. Um, this game just kind of appeared and I don't know if it was just a rare time when I saw a game in a store and I thought it looked kind of neat, you know, and then I just randomly asked my parents and it was one of those once in a blue moon occasions where maybe my dad looked at it and he's like, yeah, maybe I could play this too. And so we, he bought it. Um, I, you know, as a kid, and I think that, you know, a lot of people are like this. I, I was sort of fascinated by things in miniature especially um, model model cities, model railroads, things like that. I know that you, you and the Brent went up to Canada 
for some sort of like miniature world excursion, yeah. right? It was cool. Yeah, I yeah. love that. So I mean, lots of I think lots of lots of young people, lots of everybody really lo- loves seeing you know things in miniature. And I thought, boy, being able to build a city and and, and watch it run. Uh, that sounds like a cool concept. And so that that's how I ended up with it. And this is a perfect, you know, I, I've thought about this a lot. This is cities are the perfect thing to miniaturize because unlike a farm, unlike a, a tower or any of the, some of the later sim games, uh, cities are one thing that everybody has some sort of idea how they operate. I mean, hardly anybody's a real city planner, but everybody knows that there's areas where people live. Everybody knows that there's a a transportation grid, whether it's roads or rail or whatever. And you've got to you've got to build places for people to work and you've got to power all of it. You've got to manage the crime. You've got to manage the fire risk. These are all concepts that are people are familiar with already. So when the game lays itself out, the learning curve is very shallow. Um. I think that, you know, uh, when the the game, when the series went on, you know, throughout as, as, as we know from our infamous Sim Life episode, things got oh, real man. hairy uh, yeah, towards, the, towards the end there. That's a lot more complex, ain't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, as a kid, this was something that I could immediately, I still remember being a little bit confused about how power worked. Um, you know, I, it, when you when you place the things down, uh, you know, you you didn't get uh, you, there. There weren't a whole lot of tool tips in the original version. And I'm sure this thing has been re-released so many times. It's like oh, if yeah. you start putting stuff down, you're going to pop up that says, hey, buddy, put a put a power station somewhere so you can power these things. But uh, on the original version, you didn't have that. Um, one of the things that I think is great also about SimCity are the animations. Um in a lot of games like this, I think you would see, uh, you know, you would be re- the city. You may you might build the city, but you wouldn't actually see the city come to life. In even in the first version of this game, you see cars on the road, you see a train going around the track, just like a model train. Boats. You see, you, <laughs> yeah, you see boats pulling in and things like that. So that's a huge. That's a huge. Um, sort of like immersion technique those simple two frame animations really make you feel like the city is alive yeah yeah i agree you know um <laughs> this game my introduction to it my reintroduction like i said i told you my introduction my reintroduction to this was just because i kept hearing about how great it was all my friends were playing it you know and i was like you know i'm gonna go in here and give this another shot and uh, uh, one of the things that is fun about it, it's, and, and this really applies to this version, is that it's, it's the, I mean, later versions got really complex. This one's not mega complex. And so you can just basically sit down and screw around, which is way, so that's the way I like to play it. There are scenarios in this that you can, that you can take on. But what I, I like to sit down and just screw around, basically. Yeah. There are ways to get extra money if you want to really just screw around mm-hmm. uh, with it. And so I just like to make it to build uh, crazy things and just to see what and see what happens. And it, it, the fact that they put the disasters in there that that you could always do that for fun. Uh, I know more, some people like the uh, the elegance of the of building a city that is so awesome, like a utopia type thing. And I that appeals to me for a little while. It's this game is this reminds me a little bit of uh, little computer people, uh, which it should. Uh, but in, in that, it's almost not a game. Like, I mean, it is, but it's not. It's more like, like you mentioned, a train system. It's more like something like that, where you're just basically 
I mean, because you're really there's no ending to this until you until you you know run out of money, basically. So well, you basically just, just kind of keeps I think going. comparing this, I think comparing this with little computer people is is, is a stretch. Well, this I mean, game you I don't interact mean in with of, and you yeah. do things that affect the outcome. If but, you just screw around, that's on you, buddy. That's not the game's fault. Right. That you're just but what screwing I'm saying around. is, well, I'm not comparing the two in terms of, but I'm talking in terms of they're more they're. I don't consider that game a tool a game really either. It's more well, of a little toy. computer people is not a game. It's well, totally it's, not a game. But this game, I mean, this. Explain yourself. Explain why this is like little computer people. Well, no, no. I'm, what I'm saying is there. It's 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 less of a game and more of an. Okay, activity. explain why it's not a game. Well, I'll let me put it this way. I was reading. I, I was looking through the man, the some some wiki stuff and some manual stuff on from uh, the game, and they actually even the people at Maxis refer to this as a toy. Is it like they call it like an electronic or interactive toy? And I, I, when I thought about it, I could see why. I mean, it's not to me. It's not that gamey, you know. This particular version. Now, I'm sure later on they added more gamey stuff. But I mean, until you get to a certain point where you're just upkeeping the city and stuff, and so uh, to me, it didn't. It doesn't strike me as uh, as like a what we, I would consider a normal game. I'm not knocking it. Don't get well, me wrong. I, and, and, and I'm just interested because what would they have to add for it to become a game for you? I guess you know. I don't know. I mean, I really it's. This is more like a, a, I mean, it's a sandbox type of affair. We just keep messing around. I, I, I get it. I don't want you to act like, I don't want you to think that I'm ragging on it. I'm just, it's, it's an activity. It's a, it's a nutty activity uh, that you, that allows you to add stuff in. It's fun, but that's, that's just always sort of the way I looked at it. When I read that, it wasn't terribly surprising to me that they sort of looked at their own creation in the same way. Uh, especially considering this thing actually worked its way. And I didn't know this, but maybe you can fill me in on this. I was reading that SimCity actually worked its way in the schools, uh, and there were there were t- over ten thousand co- uh, schools around the country that were using SimCity, like the, basically a Scholastic edition, to teach. Yeah, and they were, all, and which I think is neat, and that's what I'm talking about. I mean, it's more than just a simple video game. I mean, there's something to learn here. I guess is yeah. what I'm saying. Well, I think that it depends on what you define a game as. Um. So, they, you know, somebody said, I think Barkbit said in the chat that, you know, a game has a clear end. So maybe, I mean, SimCity, it, it, it ends when you run out of money, right. uh, but it, it never really ends. But there, I think that you can, comp- the scenarios are really the gamey part of the yes. game, you yes. know, because you can complete the scenarios. But I'm just like you. I couldn't care less about the scenarios. I, yeah. I like the sandbox nature of the game. Uh, I like seeing, you know, you you have a plan, you put the plan into action, you see if it works or if it doesn't work. Um, one of the things that the Nintendo or the Super Nintendo, I know we're, 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 we haven't talked about the, the various ports yet, and I don't know how much we're going to get in there, but the Super Nintendo port is the port of this game that I'm the most familiar with, um, aside from the original PC port. One of the things that it added was it added a lot more gaminess to the game in that as you moved, as you progressed, uh, you unlocked various new structures that you could build. Uh, you unlocked different things that you could do. Uh, there was a mayor that sort of acted like your your advisor. He was like a, a guy with green hair, and there were little cutscenes where he'd <laughs> run out and he'd tell you stuff. It was a it was a great addition to a game. It added personality to what was you know a very impersonal experience. It was sort of like going to a staff meeting with a wacky sidekick. Did this did this support the mouse mode? Uh, I don't think it did, but the here's the thing. This game does not really need mouse support. You can hold down the trigger buttons 
and yeah. move with the D-pad and sort of scrub around pretty quickly. But this is not really a game until you build like the mega, you know, super mega city that encompasses tons and tons and tons of screens. Most of the game you can get around just fine. Even with the Amiga version, you know, you're moving around by just dragging the mouse to the corner of the screen. Yeah, or or you can go into the map mode and do it that way too. But it wasn't a game that really suffered from not having mouse support. Much different than a game like Lemmings or Cannon Fodder, which really could have benefited from it. Mm-hmm. Um, but the uh, but the Super Nintendo version just added it added some some things that sort of made it more gamey because it added more progression elements to it. Mm. Very good. Now let me ask you, uh, uh, just since we talked about it, what how, which one uh, do you prefer, Bode? Oh, I'll, I'll go with the Super Nintendo version any day of the week. But the the Amiga version was released like three years early. Sure. So you know, they, they, it's not the Amiga version's fault. They had time yeah. to go in and see, you know, how can we make this better? And, of course, the things that fly on a computer aren't going to fly on a console. Like sure. not putting music in your game, that's a no-go. Yeah, um, yeah. And uh, and the thing is, some people don't like the music. They think it's repetitive, but it's the same thing as any video game. Having the music there, you can always mute your TV, you know, but not having music, you don't get any options. So, yeah, and I yeah. always like the music. The music changed with every season. Oh, did I mention there are seasons in the Super Nintendo version? So as you go through, you know, all the quarters of the year, all of the foliage changes color, snow appears on the ground, things grow. It's, it's got really, lots really, more buildings too, doesn't it? Than the, than it's, the, it was, like I said, as you move through the game, different buildings get unlocked and things like that. You can build a zoo, you can build different fun stuff. So, yeah, it's like I said, it's much more of a game and less of a sandbox, but it still is a, a pretty big sandbox. You know, while we're talking about the convergence, and I'm not going to read this. I mean, this thing went to everything. I, I, it'd be easier to read what it didn't get released on. As far as I can tell, Boat, according to the Hollow Light, uh, the Amiga version of this, there were, as far as we know, there was uh, four known releases of this, uh, from version one to version one point three. Uh, so I'm assuming there was just some bug fixes that was sprinkled in here. Some of the more surprising systems just got released on uh, both the BBC Electron. That sort of surprised me. The C64. A lot of people don't realize that that was the flagship uh, platform. That's when they start. They started working on SimCity on the Commodore 64 in '85. Mm. And then it didn't get released till much later on, and it was a little bit neutered uh, when it came out. But still, there's a C64 uh, port of this. Uh, the most the surprising Jap- port for me is the ZX Spectrum version. Y- yeah, <laughs> yeah I, I is- had I had to, I had to go with that How uh, was a that, while brother? back on a stream, and uh, it is. I mean, here's the thing: SimCity and its nuts and its bolts, uh, you know, will pretty much run on anything. You know, what? what's your, you know, you, you still, maybe you won't get as much detail once the residential areas turn into houses or whatever, but you still yeah. get a pretty good amount of detail on the specy version. Um, there was a Nintendo Entertainment System version that was planned uh, and actually got built and then was abandoned because it was so close to the launch of the Super Nintendo version. And that recently was found and released into the wild just a couple of years ago. Have you tried that one yet, Bo? Uh, I have. I've tried it before. It's similar to the Super Nintendo version. Uh, I can see why they scrapped it because they wanted to just develop the Super Nintendo version because that was a pretty early release in the Super Nintendo's life. Yeah. You know, just... And we really haven't gotten into this too deep. So just for on the off chance that you've never played this game, we mentioned that you're effectively designing a city. But uh, what you're doing is you're, lay, you're laying out buildings... Uh, residential buildings, uh, your or 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 uh, a factory style buildings, or uh, you know, uh, power generational styles buildings. You're laying out different buildings in your city, and then you're once you've got these buildings laid out, 
you're connecting up roads to them. You're con- you're connecting railroad tracks to them. You're connecting power uh, from your various uh, plants to your various uh, residential commercial properties. Uh, and as you as the as your city gets bigger, uh, your needs will uh, increase, and you'll have to have fire departments and police departments. Uh, you're gonna you have to control traffic. You'll have to control pollution. Uh, uh, you'll have to uh, you know build uh, big places for boats to dock, stuff like that. And your city can grow epically large uh, boat. I remember, you know, it's funny. I played a lot of this on the Tandy mm-hmm. back in the day. Mm-hmm. That's where that was really. I played the. I played that on the. I may have played it on the Tandy before I played it on the Amiga. You know, because they're fairly similar. Like I said, the PC version is a lot uglier. But I remember. Uh, state, my buddy stayed up all night playing this and had a city that was so huge that it, it brought my tandy to a crawl. It was killing this thing. Yeah, yeah, and know? that's one thing somebody mentioned that is true about the Super Nintendo version. I remember having, I got SimCity from a, a, a friend or something. We did a trade and I ended up with the game. And they built this city that effectively took up the entire uh, landmass. Yeah. It, was, it was massive and everything was running. Everything was humming. But it moved so slow. This is definitely one of these games that the bigger your city gets, the uh, the more your system starts to bog down. Yeah. You know, while we were thinking, just while we just touched on the Super Nintendo version, I, one thing I did read, and I wanted to get your thoughts on this because I kind of thought it was funny. It uh, the Super Nintendo version doesn't have Godzilla in it, as I recall. As I read, it doesn't have Bowser. It's got it's a Bowser. Big Bowser terrorizes your city. Yeah, you see now that's, <laughs> and I believe there's also a guy in it called like Professor Wright or something he's, like that. He's, right? he's your he's your guy. He's your he's your little helper, dude. And that's so, supposed to be Will Wright, right? right. For all intents and purposes. See, that's right. that. Those are cute little touches. You got to yeah. give them that. And when you're doing something like this for the Super Nintendo, you can see how you could get away with that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? It, it makes it, it's, it's almost sort of endearing yeah. uh, to it. Uh, there was a lot of crazy trivia on SimCity. Uh, and one of the things I rem- that I thought was odd, or, but I think it's kind of neat. Uh, you'll recall, this was a big deal a long time ago. I mean, probably, I don't know, 10 years ago. They had a gimmick out that was called the OLPC, One Laptop Per Child. Remember this mm-hmm. thing, Bo? It was just, oh, yeah. They were going to give this thing to, like, third world countries or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a They they basically released a code for SimCity to make that a free distributable thing that's on every one of those laptops. Mm-hmm. So every every kid that ever got one of those could play SimCity. That, was, I, that, I, was, that was sort of a doomed project. It was a dupe. I, mean, I do like the idea. I mean, the thought is nice, yeah. and the fact that they put—if you're going to put a game on a laptop like that, this is an excellent game because sure. you can actually learn something. I mean, would you would you consider this? Could you could this be thrown in, lumped into the realm of edutainment boat? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this game teaches you. Well, it, it, this is this is definitely edutainment, not educainment, as the yeah. Brent would say, uh, because you're having fun, but you also are learning about the different way, you know, how to make a city run. Um, and uh, like I said, the, the thing that makes this great is that you watch the city take shape before you in real time. It's not turn based as you're doing things. Things are changing. Things are happening. And the clock continues to, to run. You know, you continue to yeah. move through at the end of the year. You get your report that tells you, you know, how far in the hole you are. Uh, you can look at the graphs at any time and see where your pollution levels are, where your crime levels are. You can make changes on the fly. You see how your citizens, uh, you know, see you as a, yeah. as a as a as a 
mayor, that whether you're doing telling, a good job too. or not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this is this is one of those games that, uh, you know, it's one of the all time great edutainment titles, although it wasn't marketed as an edutainment game it was marketed as a straight up game, which is probably why it's one of the great all time edutainment titles. You know, I would and I think that listeners would be interested in this. I wanted to get a little insight, you know, on, on the way you play this boat. Now, when you start the game, you've got uh, easy, medium and difficult uh, level or hard. I, now, I, I tried to play hard this week just to say I did. Man, it, they're not kidding. That's that's a lot tougher. What do you usually play this on when you? Play? Oh, I usually I usually play it on the easiest difficulty level, which yeah. I think gives you just the most money. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Uh, and, well, and really, this is a game that uh, you can go back and forth, uh, where you know you can put in the infinite money code and sort of play around and find out what works, and then you can test your theory by going back and starting with a certain amount of money and seeing if you can keep it running that way. And you could uh, good thing you save your city and then. You can yeah. kind of screw around a little bit. Uh, what are your thoughts on the disasters in this boat? Uh, they can screw up when you got a good thing going. You could also unleash them yourself. Did, mm-hmm. did they? A lot of people hated these things. Did, what did you? What were your thoughts? Well, on them? you know, in in some of the games, I believe that in the PC version, you could actually turn off. Maybe I can, it was one of the versions I had. You could just turn off disasters completely. You could you could make them never occur. Um, but they, I mean, it's part of the uh it's part of running a city just like you you can't turn off crime in this game as much as you might want to uh every once in a while a fire is going to rip through your city and destroy yeah. a bunch of stuff and you got to build it back yeah what was your strategy to get when you uh, when fire happened i would just basically take my i read somewhere in fact i read it this week because i uh, this is the first week i ever did it i, I read that if you if your stuff's on fire if you just bulldoze everything around the fire then you're golden and so right. that was but yeah, it, just it want, sucked want to go in there and plow down destroy, yeah. <laughs> like a stadium. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, jeez. <laughs> One of the things that this game does not uh, does not uh, reflect accurately is the speed at which demolition occurs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> because if it was that easy to knock down a stadium, Riverfront Stadium would have been demolished years ago. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah no kidding, eh? But then again, if you look at the prices on this stuff, too, they're <laughs> <laughs> Everything in yeah, this game is way more costs like three thousand dollars. I think the it stadium's like ten grand. I think right. you're in, you're in, so you, it, you it, it's a fun time. Um, I should mention that they released the source code on this boat uh, for those that are interested in tinkering with it. And I, I bet some cool stuff's been done with it. I had I didn't look, but I wouldn't be surprised. Now, of course, this game had a, a million sequels, uh, including uh, SimCity two thousand. And then going from there, mm-hmm. and and tons of spinoffs. Yeah, I think know, that overall, you know, SimCity two thousand and three thousand are the most loved, I believe. And there was also SimCity four, which yeah. has some fans. I'll tell you what doesn't have a lot of fans was when EA released the game just called SimCity. This has been probably almost ten years ago now. That was a huge mistake. It, yeah, yeah. They, they decided to make multiplayer required and have different uh, people's different cities produce different resources, and you'd be interacting with all. These. But they they totally overlooked the fact of why people like to play SimCity. They like to sit down, be in control of the entire thing themselves, and not have to sort of bow to anybody else. It's their city, and so uh, partly I, I don't want to say as a response to that, but there was a game that came out in. I can't believe that I'm blanking on it now. City Skylines that Skylines, came out, yeah, and that was really the Sim City game that everybody wanted. Really, Skylines—that's you can pinpoint exactly where EA blew it. 
Mm-hmm. And that was it. I mean, and that and in Skylines, now Skylines is a huge deal. Yeah. You know, and it had, a, it, but it, it, but they completely blew it. And also, it ran like crap. Mm-hmm. You know, it had a bunch of, de- it was just a disaster. It's amazing. I remember it had to be, you had to be online to play it. It was another mm-hmm. thing at the time, yeah. Yeah. which is, of course, you hear still here. I mean, this is a while back. Mm-hmm. You know, it did every shady, crooked, stupid thing that you can do. They did it. And I right. mean, how do you b- torpedo? A, a, a franchise like Sim City, it's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and of City course- Skylines introduced so many cool things. Like at any time, you can click on a resident, and it will tell you where they're going, where they live, where they're on their way to, what their job is. And there could be millions of these. I mean, it really is the it's the ultimate fulfillment of what this game started. You couldn't have City Skylines without Sim City, but City Skylines is like the natural endpoint. I don't know where they take it from here. It's so good. No, let me ask you, Boat. Now, all that said. You've had your SimCity 2000. You've had your SimCity 3000. You've had your City Skylines. Can you go back? Could you come back? In fact, you can talk about it this week since you played it. Did you have fun playing this? And could you come back and do it again after you had the more advanced ones? Did you Did you enjoy it? Oh, yeah. This game is great. Um, yeah, I, I still enjoy the, the, this is almost like a Farmville type game. If you take out all of the crap that Farmville brings with it in terms of like waiting around and stuff like that, the mechanics are super, super simple. It's designed to be something that is a relaxing experience. You know, you can turn down the time and just kind of take your time. Um, the, the thing that was the, the the most annoying for me is the way that you have to move around. You have to drag the mouse or you have to like push the mouse to the side of the screen to get things. I wish you could WASD around. Of course, WASD wasn't a thing back then, but use the cursor keys or whatever. Um, it does I wish, have keyboard shortcuts if you know them. If you know them. That can move them around. Um, I wish that out. the <laughs> icons would have been in color. Um, you know, yes. I think that they, you know, of course they've re-released this game multiple, multiple times in its cl- classic form and, yeah. and improved it. Um, yeah, but, and I wish there was, there was music. I wish there were more sound effects, but this game is still enjoyable. It's still fun to sit down with for sure. I have to say, I, I enjoyed this more this week than I've ever enjoyed it. And and the reason is, I don't know, maybe I've but doing this show. I, I've improved my skills a little bit, believe it or not. And I've also gained some patience. And uh, the, you're right. I, I listen. I hated Farmville, but you, I see where you're going. This game is perfect for a dupus like me. I don't want anything real involved. You know, I just don't have the kind of. I can't handle it. Mm-hmm. This isn't. It's this is right in the sweet spot. It's just involved enough to where I'm not totally confused all the time. Right. And to me, that that makes it uh, a lot more fun. Um, you know, uh, I looked up some reviews on this thing, uh, boat. If I can find where I stuck the darn things. You, did we get any Discord action on this? Are you watching? Yeah, to read yeah, that we off? did. We got quite a few reviews on Discord. Uh, as always, if you are a supporter of Amigos, you get access to our Discord server where you can leave us reviews. Uh, we start with the living legend, Graham W. Vebke. He says, I've played the MS-DOS version a lot, and i played the Amiga 1 Meg version here. It should be noted that the 64 colors in the 1 Meg Amiga version versus the 16 colors in the MS-DOS version does help a lot with the tiles yeah, it does. used. I agree with you on that. I feel like I prefer the Amiga version as it does seem to be a little bit more zoomed out than the MS-DOS version, and you can see more of your city. Uh, he, he didn't play the 512K version. Uh, like Civilization, this is a game where you need to look past the art style and, or, and music or lack of and focus on the gameplay itself. 
There's a cracking game here to play if you enjoy strategy games. The key is learning where and when to expand your city, ensuring you uh, place the residential, commercial, and industrial zones throughout and connect them via roads and railroads. Add in crime, fires, tax rates, and your mayor opinion and natural disasters, and you need to keep on top of everything at times at a frantic pace. I recall seeing a SNES version of this game in an Amigos video, and it had decent music. Why the Amiga version, especially the one meg version, couldn't do this confuses me. Overall, a great game and worth your time if this is your thing. 8 out of 10. Lord Soup writes, Still fun after all these years. The great granddaddy of modern city builders. I just had a fun afternoon reminding myself why I played this so much when young. But it mostly made me want to play the greatly expanded SimCity 2000 or maybe SimCity 3000, possibly the pinnacle of the series. It doesn't need a lot more, and they're still fun to be had, but a little more to manage would kick it into higher gear. 7.5 out of 10. Lobsterminator writes, One of the most important games in gaming history. I played this a lot on the Amiga back then and loved it, but these days I appreciate it more for its legacy. SimCity 2000 perfected the game, and it still feels pretty fresh where SimCity is a bit simplistic. It birthed both the city builder genre and the sim whatever genre. A true pioneer. 7 out of 10. Ricky DeRocha writes, a true genre classic, both of city building games and sim games in general. Designing cities is loads of fun, as well as turning around and releasing disasters upon your city. 10 out of 10. Uh, Jason Warns writes, Simtastic, 8 out of 10. Super, Sam- Super Famic King writes, Normally, if you don't have to drive fast, shoot things, or blow up stuff, then I ain't playing it, but SimCity is one of the few exceptions. Who'd have thought city planning and building could be so much fun? There's something incredibly satisfying about building your first residential block, first industrial unit, adding power in a road, then seeing somebody move in and drive to work. This is a game that had my Amiga permanently on for days at a time back in the day, with only the monitor getting switched off at night. I didn't stop until every grid square had something on it. My friend Gordon and I used to take 20-minute hot seat goes for two-player action, and it works like that incredibly well. Play it on easy with disaster switched off and speed on slow and have a relaxing time or crank it up hard and fast and disasters on for a completely different experience. Uh, He says, I played it a lot over the years, but this week was the first time for a while and I had just as much fun as ever. 9.5 out of 10. Dave Velociraptor writes, it's difficult to score this game because later revisions of it were massive improvements. However, the original game still has merit, and like many genres, eventually the format would be taken too far and complicated. I reach for SimCity 2000 these days. 9, point, 9 out of 10 in the day and 7.5 out of 10 now. Pixels at Dawn writes, Let's say this up front, and I hate to do this. This is not the best port of SimCity, but it's still a decent port of my preferred version of the game. SimCity Classic is a wonderfully chilled experience, and while later entries in the series added quality of life improvements, they also upped the complexity, losing some of the magic from the first edition. The Amiga had several releases of SimCity, and many people miss out on the 1 Meg version 1.3, which added substantially improved graphics and UI using extra half-bright mode, bringing it up to the same level of many of the ports. The sound effects are sadly lacking on the Amiga version, and while only the SNES version had music, it's still a miss for such a slow-paced game. Regardless, the Amiga version works well, and mouse is always going to be the best option here. A great fit for the platform, 8 out of 10. Zebedee's Magic Roundabout writes, I'm a man of little words. I loved this game as a kid, and it has to be in my top 10 Amiga games of all time. Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, finishes it out. He says, a herm, firm, 9 out of 10. 
Not a whole lot else to add for the positive comments above, so this time we'll add my personal spin on things when I played it back in the day. I really did find it addictive and original and have fond memories in competition with my dad. We built our own individual cities and regularly compared each other's work on family visits, playing in competition with each other for the best run city. Not to mention the sneaky sabotage when we used to get up, uh, we used to get up to behind each other's backs before we left for home. So this is a well loved game. Man, that's about as many responses as we've ever gotten to a game. Well, I just to just to uh, dovetail with those uh, good thoughts, I found some uh, reviews for this. Folks over at Lemon give this an eight point three one, and if I, as I look across the board here with the big shooters, uh, Amiga Format gave this a ninety two, Amiga Joker seventy nine. For them, that's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, Amiga Resource gave this a nineteen out of twenty, so it's basically ninety percent. Uh, See you, Amiga ninety five. So overall, according to Lemon, it's this had an average magazine rating of eighty seven. Uh, which <laughs> that's that's real high for that average. So this is this is an A title. There's no doubt yeah. about that. I was surprised uh, when I looked this up on eBay boat to find that these are pretty plentiful and they're fairly easy to buy. Uh, if you're in the U.S. and the or the U.K., I found uh, versions on both sides of the pond. Uh, you're going to be paying around fifty uh, U.S. dollars, although maybe a little less. And you can get the discs cheap. I saw plenty of people selling the discs, probably more than most games that just had the discs, and they were going for under ten bucks. So if you mm. need the discs, you're covered. But uh, yeah, I enjoyed it, but I had a real good time with this bad boy. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, Pix just posted a an image of the uh, the 1.3 version of this game. Yeah, and I don't know why this has not been WHDified because this thing looks freaking great. I mean, it looks just as good as the as the Super Nintendo version or any version of the original game that I've seen. Um, so uh, it's a shame that uh, that I didn't take a, a, a bigger look at this and that not more people don't know about it, because, it, boy, it, it looks great with that half-bright mode. Yeah, that's looking nice, doesn't it? Very good. Well, that's something to look for, then, if you can, if you can find it. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, uh, let's go ahead and leave our city for the time being and move on to our YouTube channel. Let's check in on what's going on with our community this week. All right, but not a huge week here, but we do have a few things uh, to talk about. Uh, We'll start off, uh, as we often do, with myself and the Brent, uh, that no good wacky, the Brent. And this time out, we did a show, an ARG show, on last games of a trilogy uh, boat. And that this seemed like a pretty easy one, and it was not to try to find one of these that would work. And you know, the Brent once again, he's always the wacky one. He picked a game I've never heard of, and a series I've never heard of. Yet three, the Revenge of the Mutant Stones, mm-hmm. which is a shareware title for DOS. If you can believe this, I never heard of this series, but I'll be darned. This is a pretty fun Tetris knockoff. That has different mission-based Tetris levels. Where's the mutant su- stones at? That's what I want to know. They're in there, boat. But it's funny we we both asked the same question. But apparently they're in there somewhere. Uh, but this was a surprise. I mean, I know it's, it's too. And by the way, this is supported with ExoDOS. So if you've got that uh, set, you can go and play this. But I actually recommend this Net uh, Three. I went a completely different route this week and looked at Star Control Three. You know, I'm a big Star Control fan, yeah. boat. Yeah. And we looked at Star Control Three. It's I'll tell you something. Up. You don't remember this, yeah. Um, but Paul Ritchie, uh, who you call Paul Reich throughout uh, on, on this episode, actually was one of the developers of Archon. Oh, I called him Paul Reich. 
Yeah. That sounds like me. Well, it, uh, it, if you didn't know, I had to look it up and listen to an interview with him on Antic. That's the only reason, because it does look like Paul Reich, but it's actually Paul Ritchie. But uh, the same guy that did Star Control 3 did Archon. Pretty cool, huh? Well, it's funny you should mention that, because at one point in the game, I tell Bram, like, you know, this is a lot like Archon, except in space. Yeah. You know, and turns the thing. And so there you go. Good. Thank you, Bo. You've, you've solidified my genius again. That's right. Yeah. That's what I do. You know, uh, Star Control 3 was the last of this trilogy. And it's uh, and it, uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff behind the scenes. I think it's worth a listen if you're into that sort of thing. So if, uh, our ARG, I'd give it a shot if you, if you dig it. Uh, next on the docket here, uh, look at this. It's Xenon K9 is in town here, Bo. I haven't seen this yet. Yeah. Uh, this this is the old Hermsky special here uh, uh, with Attic Attacker. How, how do you pronounce this book? The Tick Attack. Yeah, the dumb way. Man, we weren't very good at this game, were we, Bo? No, no. <laughs> a spe- is there a speed run in this? Yeah. Oh, I got to see this. So This is a must watch, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> because me and Bo, we speed run to our deaths in Attic Attack. <laughs> so check that out. That looks great. I, went to, I didn't even see that get popped up. I did watch this one, Boat. I was there. I, I I was privy to this. I was in the shooting. This is our good buddy, Jack Flack. He plays Impossible Mission 1 and Impossible Mission 2, uh, the Impossibler mission. Uh, did you play did you get in the impossible mission games uh, these games i I really feel like these are these are the type of games that you had to be there Uh, i've tried to play some of these and uh i i don't believe that they age incredibly well to be honest i I wanted to like them Mm -hmm. i wanted to be good at them and the the animation and stuff is awesome Mm -hmm. but much first of all i pirated mine so for if you pirated it forget about it forget about it uh, you're not going to get anywhere because these games are, uh, by the way, really complex mm-hmm. uh, to to play. It was actually kind of neat watching Flack play it on here because uh, uh, I never really got to see someone play it with any prowess. So that right. was kind of fun. And he jumps over to uh, uh, to Impossible Mission Two, and he sort of craps on Impossible Mission Two. He's not a big fan of this one. Uh, so, uh, but uh, you, you know, some people may love it, and some people may not love it. But it looks it looks interesting to me. Uh, I have looked at these, but never really gotten into them. But a good, a good stream is always from the Flaxter. So I, check out Sprite Castle, uh, Jack Flack playing some Impossible Mission 1 and 2. Now this one, Boat, holy smokes, are you kidding me? You know, I'm a big, huge fan of Rocky Horror. Yeah, you picture are. Show. Is there a bigger fan than me? There can't no, be. No, you're there the biggest be. fan I've ever seen of this. Thank you. This, this, Thank yes. you, Boat. And so when this popped up, you can imagine my surprise, because we actually, me and the Brent played this, on ARG Presents one time, long ago. And I think, as I recall, we both sort of liked it. Mm-hmm. And so, and not just because it's, you know, Brent's also a big Rocky Horror fan. Yeah. So I was tickled pink to see this pop up, you know, and have Hermsky go through it. Uh, I love this game. I love Rocky Horror. I'm not going to say I love the game. I love Rocky Horror, but this game is, su- is surprisingly in-depth. Yeah, they. they consider- I, I think that they, they really, the people that made this really uh, were fans of the of the stage show and or the film. Yeah, yeah. And you've got to, basically, you've got to make the, the you've got to basically make the Medusa machine where you can turn your people back from stone mm-hmm. uh, in this and as you go through it. Very, very, I mean, this is a pretty, they could have thrown, they could have ham and egg this one, Boatster. Uh, but uh, they did not. So I, I think this is a good one. And of course, hey, once again, the Hermster is yeah. up and at him. So uh, listen, you got to check that out. Rocky Horror. No oh, said. Yeah. Lastly, bring it up the rear. <laughs> what a way to go out. 
It's our good buddy Frodo. Just that very first picture of Frodo in the penguin suit. I'm going to skip through here. I didn't to... realize that that was, yeah, I didn't realize that was a thing he normally did. And oh, I was like, yeah. what is this? And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm in the penguin suit constantly. There he so. is. Uh, this is, uh, for those that care, this is the first year of the Sega Genesis, a.k.a. Mega Drive, 1989-1990. Uh, uh, that itself would be awesome. Mm -hmm. But then someone cashed in the big bucks here and got got Frodo into the penguin suit. I believe Frodo said he has just recently ordered a, a new penguin suit. Mm. So I don't know if this is the new new one or if this is the old one. I wonder what he's going to do with the old one. Well, I, listen, I don't want to know. <laughs> be honest with you. You never know. But if you want to watch Frodo play uh, three and a half hours of sweet Genesis action from year one. You know, it's funny. I don't think much about the first year of the Genesis. I bet God only knows what they got. I really, I don't. Well, I mean, from what, what, what he's showing, it sure looks pretty impressive. Yeah. I, was just I mean, thinking, the, the Genesis was pretty hot out of the gate. If I it recall was, correctly, it was, it was. And I, I I'm assuming and I, uh, that they, the Japanese side of things were, were, uh, they brought a lot of stuff with them. I don't know yeah. when it was released in Japan versus when it was, you know, it's funny with Nintendo, you know, but with Sega, you never know what they're doing. They're doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Mm -hmm. Uh, anyway, Boat, that's all we got this week, but still some fun stuff. Uh, check it out, if you will. Yeah, yeah, and over on the Discord channel, we've got uh, high score competitions going on for both. Uh, Attic Attack, I believe, is still going on, as well as Hybris, Aaron, Hybris. I got to get in on that before it closes, because that, that's a game I can actually... I can make a little hay in that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Now, before we wrap things up, I do want to take a quick second and uh, thank all the fine folks that support our show by subscribing on Twitch. Uh, as always, uh, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you could support the show for free, and it still benefits us by using that Prime sub uh, on, on Twitch. Uh, and uh, you can join the following fine group of people. Macintosh Librarian, Mitsuyama, Pints and Amiga, Below Jellyfish, <laughs> Eeyore 4077, <laughs> Crabs, MTG, Scumboy, Frodo and L, Jason Warns, Peeplo, Orom, Jigglebox, Beachbum7, Retro Jerry, Super Famic King, Lord Soup, Uber Scooper Diver, Jost 80, Chris Edwards Restoration, Captain Chaos DK, Amy Steph, The Slow, Norris, Amiga Live, <laughs> Math Dufort, Still Adolescing, Buck Owens, Dave Velociraptor, Retro Rewind.ca, X Blipblop. Edvin Helland, JKVK, Rob O'Hara, Gary Heather, John Marshall 3, Great Al G, and Blue Train. Thank you. Now, Aaron, our last a Patreon song challenge was the one, the only Hey Now by Oasis. This is a pretty deep album cut. I didn't expect a lot of people to get this one because this wasn't a hit. I'm slowly working my way through every song on What's the Story Morning Glory. That's the that's the ultimate the ultimate goal. Uh, we only got a, a couple responses on this one. Paul Kitching, Paul Marfleet, Mitsuyama, Chris Folds. I believe every single one of those people was in the UK where Oasis are worshipped. They got all gods. the all those guys got that? That's stunning yeah. to me. Stunning. Yeah. Ah, all Rob. right. <laughs> now, Aaron... This yes, week's Patreon song challenge is a real barn burner. If you know it, send me a message at john at amigospodcast.com and I will announce you as the winner next week. Hit it. Matthew Mobius Phantom Magnus. Seth Yates, Alex Rafine, Christian Russell, David Z, George Rosansky, the Negro.
a show. Daniel Crabtree, Super Family Key. Crazy Loomis, William the Star. Heavy Systems E. Albert Boyle and Dane Vincent, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomba Bass, Frodo and L, Soul Incisor, Tech Mage, Jurgen, Mr. Cole Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry Nickman, Sword Glove Reflections, Outledge, Captain Chris. Kilobytes and caffeine, kilobytes and caffeine. Gary had a free lunch. Game Park David, Pick for Cameron, David, Pick for Cameron, Eddie Jones, Bob Terminator. Ten minute of the good retro cast, Bernard Quinn, RNC, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Leonard, Bob O'Hara. Rolling Berg, Andrew Marks, Joe the Zombie, Mekelon, Alakabob, Chekote, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky Rogosham, Creepy Dead Boy, Pinky CTZ, The Slow Norris, Stefan Sorgard, Morton. If you know that, please send me an email at john at amigospodcast.com and I will answer on, or I will announce your name as a winner on next week's show. No one thank Graham on the drums, Lobsterminator on the C64 synthesizer. Pretty cool, eh? Yeah, that was cool. All right. So uh, we're going to close things out. Thank you guys so much for being here next week. It's Modern Amiga Week. We are Modern Amiga Gaming Week. We're going to play Alcocopter, Aaron. Have you played any Alcocopter before? That's. Is it that copter that is fueled by alcohol? I, I, mean, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, that's going to do it for this week. We will see you guys next time. Until then, adios. adios.